0: And we're back in the same clothes. See, Episode 56.
1: 50. 56.
0: 56. And today's episode Mm -hmm. is going to be one that I think a lot of people could benefit from, but I also think a lot of people might be not ready to listen to an episode like this. And that's okay. That's okay. If you're not, you can skip it. It's fine.
1: You can literally end it right now. Yep. Disclaimer for this episode, Steph and I are not doctors. No, you we know, not medical body. professionals. You know, your body more than you. Mm-hmm. So if something feels wrong or off by all means, do not say, well, Steph and Mari told you." <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And now I have blah, blah, blah. Like we're not doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm know your body more than you. We are not medical doctors by any means. We cannot assess any type of symptomology that you have going on. Also, if this is the next disclaimer, if we come across a little curt or crass in this episode, it is because I think as therapists, as clinicians, this is a difficult topic for us
0: to deal with, especially in the last two years, I was just going to say, and the yeah. pandemic blew that shit out of the water. Yep. Yeah. So today we are talking about how to cope with or manage health anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Health anxiety looks different for each and every person, right? We -hmm. all worry about different things. Yes. I'm sure, not I'm sure, I know because of what we've dealt with in the past two years, the pandemic has drastically increased that for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. However, I also have people in my life who normally have health anxiety and they weren't triggered by the pandemic, which I was like, bro, that's weird. You're usually anxious about health and you don't care about this. That's wild. Yeah. Not that I wanted them to be overly anxious about it. Right. But I was just surprised that it wasn't kind of consuming them. Agreed. Here's, here's the thing we're speaking from a psychological standpoint when your health anxiety is consuming you and there's no evidence to back it up, right? Like you have this symptom and automatically you assume I'm probably going to die tomorrow. I probably have cancer, right? Mm. I'm probably pregnant, all the things, right? And it's just because you have this anxious, intrusive thought of like, something feels weird. I am probably going to die. Yep. And you latch onto that and you take it and run. We're here to tell you or to guide you through how not to do that. I'm guilty of doing this sometimes. Yes. Case in point, eight weeks ago, I had to go for my like annual OB appointment and she couldn't feel my IUD. And I was like, Great, I fucking shredded my uterus. I'm gonna have to have surgery. It's stuck in there, fucking great. It's right? in my lung. Like, like oh I'm gonna God. cough it up at any minute. I don't know what's That's happening. Probably, probably I have a side stitch. It's in my, it's in my liver. Convinced myself I was gonna have to have surgery, and it's not even because I was necessarily googling it. I did search, but she said to me. It could just be that the strings of the IUD are tucked and I just can't feel it. It doesn't mean that it's missing, right? If it would have fallen out, you would have known. But she's like, I just need you to have an ultrasound to make sure it's okay. So I'm like, okay, I trust her. She's a medical professional. But then like a day goes by and I'm like, well, what happens if it does migrate? I'm just going to look and see. And then I was like, why, why, why did I put myself through that? That was really stupid. Uh Uh Had the ultrasound FYI. I'm fine. Still there. We're good. Right. Literally. So do this. Because it's an anxiety provoking situation. And we want to feel a sense of control, right? When it comes to medical things, a lot of it's out of our control. And Mm. so we're like, well, I need to have some semblance of control. So I'm going to Google the symptoms and see what this could be. I'm going to Google the, what ifs I'm going to Google what happens next. Here's the thing. You don't have control over any of that. And if you don't have a for sure answer or diagnosis, that's not helpful. Right. Correct. Correct. Again, when I got diagnosed with RA, I Googled the shit out of it and I regret it every fucking second because the horror stories of what RA can turn into if it's untreated were terrible. Here's the thing mm. though. I wasn't untreating it. I was trying to be proactive, but it was still yeah. very scary. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how many times have you had to talk me
1: off of the life because <laughs> I thought I was pregnant? How many times? Like how many? Cause I can count, <laughs> I can count about five. And I just kept you from the sixth <laughs> last time we talked and there's, there's no fucking basis behind it. Right. I'm so careful. So there's no yes. reason to even like yes. go, but that's how much your brain can latch on to Cause something. Cause you start- even, when
0: you had your IUD, happening. You'd, you'd worry about it. And I'm like, Marie, that's oh, the yes. Yes. thing you should worry about. Oh, my and God. I'm like, I've never thought that's, that I was.
1: One of the like, reasons I got it. I was never been a big proponent of birth control, but I was like, this will definitely keep me from not having a child. And if it does, then I might be an ectopic pregnancy, and then I can't have that child. Mm-hmm. So, what? You're ready to risk your life <laughs> so you don't have a baby? Look like, at the fuck. Some of the times
0: that my brain comes to a decision, I'm like, you are really fucking dumb. Sometimes, like, what are you doing? You know what I think is really interesting too though. So like again, I've had like a fuck ton of medical issues throughout my whole life, right? Yeah. I've had a fuck yeah. ton of surgeries, like yeah. all the things. And I don't necessarily no, I I don't have health anxiety because I've been through so much that I'm like, well, just chalk it up to something else, like I'll deal with it, right? Put it on the tab. Literally, just add it to the list but I have worked with people or I've known people that like they get a migraine and they're convinced they have a brain tumor yeah. and they need to yeah. go have a scan to make sure that they don't. And in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, I've been dealing with migraines for 20 plus years of my life. And I've never in my mind thought I had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. But one time I had an MRI though. I was like, what if they did find something like that would be Literally, wild. Oh
1: my God. When I got STD tested, they're like, we're going to do a, H- a the, the when it, I was, yeah, pregnant HIV test. And I was like, Immediately, like, I
0: have it. I have. I
1: have it. <laughs> Literally, like, I was like. Immediately, I was like, I have everything and I have you now too, and I was like, and I'm, I'm freaking pregnant. Like, Mari, are you joking? Knock it off. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my family. How much time I have left? <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. I think about all the shit that
0: I've gotten worked up. about. Oh my God. You guys, this is not to make light of you guys if you're struggling with health anxiety. We can laugh at ourselves because we've made it out of these situations, right? We understand that it is a real thing for you guys. It It is a very real thing. But like,
1: we're also, we've done the work to sit here and challenge our thoughts, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but challenge the thoughts and understand that I cannot sit here and build bridges to anxiety, uh, build bridges of anxiety to the future when I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yep. I I am not in control of that. I've absolutely had health scares too. I've had, I don't know how many fucking copals. I've had Mm -hmm. a leap. I've had dysplasia in my cervix and other places. Like I, I'm going through it right now where the potential is unknown and it could very well be cancer. It could very well be nothing. Like I don't know. And I won't know until I get the test back. It does me no fucking good to sit and simmer and stew about all the possibilities that it could be. Cause in reality, I... Uh, even if, even if it is that until there's a game plan put together, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yes. There's no purpose in doing that and living the whole part. Like until I get the biopsy done, which is in a month, month and a half, no, a month, a month What I'm just going to be anxious for a month. Right. You know how much stress that's going to put on my adrenal system, on my mm-hmm. heart, on my, like, I, I just can't afford to do that. Mm -hmm. So it has to come to the point where you really start to recognize what these thoughts are and whether or not you're going to give them power
0: and health anxiety can come not only from your own thoughts, right. But like experiences around you, if you've had somebody who has passed away from a health related condition at a young age, your first Mm -hmm. thought is like, what if that fucking happened to me? What if I die in my fifties of a heart attack? Here's the thing you worrying about that now at 32 would not stop it from happening at 50 something. Exactly, exactly. You can't not live your life in fear mm -hmm. of something bad happening. That is not how that works. You're robbing yourself of any sort of enjoyment that you have to living a life, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Mm -hmm. And also now that you know, this knowledge is power, right? If there's something that you can do, a a dietary change, something Mm -hmm. like that, like uh, allow that change to take effect because a lot of the times not, I won't say a lot. I would say there are many health related illnesses that can be helped by the way that we treat our body. Mm -hmm. Not always, not always. There are some though, that you can like, okay, well, you know, high cholesterol, or high blood pressure, these Mm -hmm. things, there are things that you can do to help rectify that, or at least lessen the
0: chances of you getting it. By taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. or lessen the symptoms and not making them worse. Right. Yeah. I tell people stay off Google and stay off TikTok, right? Like stop trying to diagnose yourself. That's not appropriate. Right. I'm all for gaining knowledge because here's the honest truth. When I was pregnant, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like 31 or 32 weeks pregnant. I woke up in the mm-hmm. middle of the night and the bottoms of my feet itched like nothing I'd ever felt in my entire life. I mean, oh, I was yeah. like scraping the bottom of my feet with a pen because it itched so <sighs> fucking bad. Oh, so then in the morning I was like, well, I'm going to Google it because that doesn't seem right. That seems weird. And I did. And it was like, well, it could be this. So I called my doctor. I went in and he's like, well, that's, you know, it's kind of rare. Like, I don't really think so. You need a blood test to, to verify whether or not you have it. We'll give you a blood test and we'll see. Like, okay. So I go back to work and he calls and he's like, well, you have it and i was like okay so what is this <laughs> mean? all right basically it's called intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy and the bile in your body does does not go through your liver instead it goes through your blood and so the it was flowing throughout my body and making me itch and mm-hmm. it could have killed bug so i had to go twice a week for 7 weeks cuz he was born early to be monitored to make sure like he was okay terrifying experience. Yes. Had I never Googled that though. I wouldn't have known because I just would have been like, maybe this is a weird thing in pregnancy. I don't know. And that's not okay. Right. I don't think that he was trying to invalidate me either. I think he was trying to ease my anxiety of like, well, we don't know that that's what it is. Blood tests and stuff like that. But in that case, I knew something was wrong. And so I advocated for myself and I said, I need to come in to make sure that I'm okay. Cause then it was like the bottoms of my feet and the palms of my hands. And it was like, like it felt like there was bugs crawling under my skin. It was, Ew, please the, stop. The, fucking, it was the worst, dude. It was the fucking worst. Finally at right. like 39 weeks. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Can you just take him out? Like, can we do this yeah. early? And he's like, yes. And I was like, thank you there. And like advocating
1: for things that you know, or have an understanding of, like I advocated for Sophia to go be tested to, uh, to see if she yes. had celiac disease because my whole pregnancy, I ate nothing that was glutinous because obviously I have celiac disease. And when she came out, first couple of years of her life, she didn't have gluten because I made all of her baby food and her formula didn't have it in it. Um, And then she had milk for the most part. And again, I like fed her what I was eating. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't really eating stuff like that. So then- Cut to now. She's eight and was having like some stomach issues, and still does have stomach issues. Not really sure what the cause is, but like I was like, I'm gonna her tested. It's a simple blood test, and then we'll mm-hmm. see if her if her levels are normal. And it's something that I can ease my anxiety with. I'm not gonna go down this path now of let me Google what every you know stomach yes. ailment could be because it really could be that she just eats some things and it doesn't agree with her stomach. Yep. But I wanted to rule out the one thing that I was pretty well versed in, and all of her symptoms literally led up to like what it would be. She still gets skin rashes. She still gets stomach aches. She still gets bloated, but whatever. The blood test came back.
0: It's the worst. Yeah. It's very easy to get caught up in the what ifs, right? Of of anything. And here's the thing. I would never tell somebody to ignore their health because your health is all you have. You have to pay attention to your body. You have to pay attention to things that are going on. If you were exposed to them, like you need to know these things. All I'm asking is that if you have an intrusive thought about your health, you take a second and recognize, is this just a thought? Right. Right? Yes. If it is just a thought, it's just that. You don't have to attach emotion or meaning to it because it's just a thought. Sometimes you have these intrusive thoughts because your best friend got COVID and you're like, do I fucking have COVID? I was with her yesterday. Yes. Right? Yes. Or, oh my God, my best friend's dad has cancer. Like what if I get cancer? Here's the thing. Cancer's fucking terrifying because yes. it does not give a fuck who you are or how old you are. It is scary, but I cannot live my life every day worrying about whether me or somebody close to me is going to get cancer. I just can't. I can't. I can't. And I won't. Right. No, I will not. I refuse. You fucking refuse. So there are five steps. To decreasing health anxiety here's mm-hmm. the thing it all comes down to choices you have a choice as yeah. to whether or not you want to continue to feel anxious or have these anxious thoughts or fit into these anxious thoughts or you can be proactive and you can limit or decrease some of these experiences so step number one acknowledge how you're feeling name the emotion don't just say i'm worried about this i'm anxious about this right like Really get down to the nitty gritty and specifically name what you're feeling. So I'm scared something is wrong. I'm overwhelmed by having this procedure. Naming the emotion decreases the intensity of the emotion. Because you're saying like, hey, this is what's going on. Now I'm aware of what's going on, right? Now I'm cognizant of what's happening. I'm being mindful, right? And
1: also being able to say a part of me is anxious. Sure. Let's not internalize the whole being of you as being anxious, right? Mm-hmm. Because there is a part of you that does want answers. There is a part of you that does want to know, like, is something going on? Sure. So a part of you could also be excited or eager mm-hmm. to look forward to answers. So n- let's not assign our whole body to the fact that like, I am anxious. Not all of you is anxious right now. Mm-hmm. So also being able to make that differentiation. Sure. Step two, avoid health related news. So limit your time on social media, unfollow news pages, limit the sites that you check. Only
0: check trusted sites, if that. I was going to say, because here's the thing. How do we know what can be trusted and what can't be, especially when it comes to specifically the pandemic for me? Yes. And that's what I was going to say. Trying to scare us. Yeah. Well, and this was such a
1: huge one too, because when the pandemic first started, nothing was known. Mm-hmm. And so it was terrifying for all of us. The unknown is scary. Mm-hmm. So you can not say that, you know, a part of me is scared. A part of me doesn't know what's going on and I'm not exactly sure. And It's a lot of emotional energy to hold. I think that was the only thing that we could hold onto as therapists telling our clients in this moment or in the pandemic in the beginning was because I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if you're going to get it. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I don't know if like, I understand the fear built around it, but like realistically, all I can tell is to reduce, have you reduce your stimuli to what is going on out there? Because here's the thing in the very beginning and even still now, it's like, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason as to like how people are getting it or why yep. people are getting it right. Like there, sure there have been studies and some people are more susceptible and some people aren't and blah, blah, blah. blah. But like, again, there's so much on both sides that I choose to just limit myself and do what is necessary for me. Yep. So that is wearing masks and washing my hands and distancing myself and staying where I needed to. And now that I feel comfortable with numbers dropping, I ease up on that a little bit, but like I have no com- like no problem building all that back in Like until I feel comfortable or like when cold and flu season comes around and it, you know, ramps up a bit more, I have no problem going back to what I did that was like, okay, this is in my control and this is what makes me feel safe. I know, and I'm not putting like this, this thought process, like I I have to do this because this makes me safe. It's just, this is what I'm going to do to take my part in trying to stop the spread.
0: I think clients thought I was like, not I mean, maybe they thought I was insensitive. I don't know. But I would often tell them, I don't read the news about COVID because I can't control any of that. I can control me and I'll do what feels good to me. And I was not in any way, shape or form trying to be dismissive, but like, I can't, for me personally, I don't understand what knowing the death toll numbers is doing for you. Literally. I would have clients like, well, the death toll is at this now. And I'm like, but why, why do you have to know that? Yeah. We know it's a terrible thing. We know that it's taken over the entire globe. We know that. I don't know why you need to know specifics. I don't know how that's helpful.
1: I mean, you still have to get up and go to work. You still have to take care of your family. You still have to do those things like your job or employer or you or like your clients or like all these, like there's still things that have to happen. So what does perseverating on some of those certain points do for you?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Step number three, and we talked about this a little earlier, stop Googling Mm. your Mm. symptoms because you will immediately catastrophize and convince yourself that you have XYZ and everything under the sun, right? Mm -hmm. I joke about how like WebMD is going to tell you either have cancer or you're pregnant. Obviously, there's a slew of other things it will convince you of, right? Literally. But I think it's important to note that if you are consumed with googling everything that you are physically feeling to see if it's something wrong with you, that is a problem.
1: Like, and here's I just want for for just shits and gigs. I just googled why do I have a stomach ache. So it, most common could be indigestion, constipation, stomach virus, irritable bowel syndrome, food allergies, intolerance, and or gas. So like, sure, maybe stomach virus, into, you know, um, you know, ate some indigestion or gas, like those could be normal things, but like IBS, food allergies, like for it to be starting to say all of those things, then that leads you down a rabbit hole of Googling those things. That's what we're getting at here of like, you could also just have a stomach ache that's caused by stress and or anxiety in your life and your body isn't managing it well, your mental health is connected to your physical health and vice versa. That is the one thing that I like need people to understand. It's all connected.
0: And in all honesty, when I ask my clients who have health anxiety and they're like, Well, I was Googling this because I felt this. I ask them, Did you feel better after you Googled it? And they're like, Well, no. I'm like, so then why are you doing it? It's just a compulsion to the anxiety. Yes. Yep. It's, it's gonna give
1: you a bit of relief and then restart, like, because mm-hmm. you're gonna be like, Okay, okay, here's some answers. Oh my but god, what I if it's cancer. this? Oh my god, I have cancer. It says I have cancer, like there's yep. it's it's not helpful. Yep. Step four. Manage unhelpful thoughts with understanding the cognitive errors you're experiencing and work to challenge them. Write them down. We have two episodes now on cognitive errors. Two, go listen to them. They're there for help. I'm sure there will be a third one out soon because it's something that helps clients. Like we've heard, maybe not just clients, just people in general and listeners. It's people who have said like, Hey, those episodes really helped me because, you know, I have been using that. Listen to it back. I do follow along and challenge like what I'm thinking. (laughs) So write it down. Mm -hmm. You are not above a cognitive error. I have them daily. And so does Steph. The thing is, is when that thought comes in to that prefrontal cortex before it travels on your super highway of anxiety, back to the amygdala where your body starts reacting, you can say, this is just a thought. Yep. Cause that's literally all it is. Yep. That's all it is before you assign anything to it. It's literally just a thought. It's a thought that your brain came up with. Mm -hmm.
0: That's all that it is. And thoughts and feelings are not facts. No. Yes. And the last one, maintain your normal routine. Keep living your life. Do not act as if you are in fact dying Mm -hmm. because you don't know that. Yes. Right you have no idea unless you were to go and get a follow-up appointment and figure out, you know, what's happening with your life or Mm -hmm. with the symptom or whatever it is that you're feeling or experiencing.
1: That is the one thing that is so important is like, yes, these certain things may be going on, or maybe you're waiting for test results or maybe these things are happening, but that doesn't change the fact that you are absolutely living in this certain day, time and moment that you are in. So you can either make the most of that moment, Or you can continue to perseverate on the fact that you don't have control over whatever the outcome of those tests might be. Mm
0: -hmm. And the more you're trying to control everything around you and your health and the answers and blah, 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 the more control that has over you. We're just scrambling. Yep. Scrambling. So I hope you guys found some humor in our health anxiety stories. Yes. Because oh my God. After the There's, fact, we always find humor in it, right? But when we're yes. in the thick of it, we're like, oh this is God. the worst. Oh my God. What I if, what if, what if, what if, right? Literally have bawled mm-hmm. to Stephanie about health anxiety.
1: Like, so please understand, we get it. We absolutely do. We also understand the importance of challenging it. And this last time, when I was, I didn't even tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't say a word to anyone. I was like, you know what, you're being ridiculous. And sure
0: enough, sure enough, you girls, universe be- was like, here you go, you're welcome. Thanks for yes, not worrying. Exactly. Universe <laughs> was like, okay, okay, Maury. I see you
1: working on yourself. Okay, so here it is. <laughs> uh,
0: hopefully, literally every time she's brought up being pregnant, I'm like, knock it off you're not literally i don't even get the words out so i was sitting back off i'm so sorry
1: (laughs) oh that's fucking terrifying to me (laughs) dude I i get it anyways you know where to find us if you have any questions concerns comments let us know please any topics that you uncovered let us know Steph is at Spooky Fit Mom 13. I am at BEA underscore XO 11. We are at Rewriting Her Story Podcast on Instagram, Rewriting Her Story Podcast at gmail.com, and Rewriting Her Story Podcast on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, all the things we need the love and support because it makes us feel good. Yes. I really need that external validation sometimes, guys. I <laughs> love it. Okay. Until next time. Yeah. Until next time.
0: Bye guys. Bye.